Salvation sounds a new beginning. As distant hearts begin believing. Redemption's bid is unrelenting. Your love goes on. Your love goes on. You carry us, you carry us. When the world gives away, you cover us, you cover us with your endless grace. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. The time is now for chasing shadows. You gave the world a light to follow. A hope that shines beyond tomorrow.
run home and get I'm gonna back up guitar real quick. I brought the strings. We'll get through it. not let Satan defeat us this morning. <laughs> Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, yes, my son. You are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, yes, my soul. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, yes, my soul. Let's sing that again. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, yes, my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. You are You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Cause you are good, you're good. Gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Cause you are good, you're good. in every Yeah. 
light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Great songs of worship. I'll do that. Okay, good to see you all here. A couple of reminders. Uh, since Matt's preaching today, I'm going to give him a break from announcements. Um, uh, we will have uh, brand new newsletters. The the yellow the uh, the um, can't remember the color. They they actually Golden saved rod. these what? Goldenrod. Golden they actually saved it for us. They said we know that you like Goldenrod. So those are the very last ones. They don't order, they're not ordering them anymore, but we got those now. So the new uh, uh, newsletter that Matt put together, and Nora often does, does it too. Thank you for doing that. That's for November and December, and the schedule of sermons and things like that are on there too. And uh, something called uh, From the Heart that I wrote about, about the, the wonders of the fall and the autumn. So um, also we have, um, we have witnessing materials there. Um, we have free books on the other side, over there around the corner where the donuts are. And um, if you want to take one of those, they're all free. Also, if you have any books to bring in, maybe you have duplicates. I found out I have a few duplicates of books. Bring them in and share them there so pe other people can read them. We appreciate that. Um, also, 
um, if you can bring any clothes in, uh, if you bring any coats, um, sweaters, sweatshirts, uh, bring them to here, and I'll, I can bring them over to Mary Jo's house. She has a whole garage full of stuff. Um, they're having their next downtown bus stop. It's at the Court Street bus stop uh, the, where all the buses are, uh, right down by um, the Public Safety Building. Uh, that's going to be on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, okay? And they really need blankets. Uh, a lot of people need blankets. A lot of people are homeless. They need blankets. So anything, and anything warm, gloves, stocking caps, anything like that, they'd appreciate that. Yeah? Rescue Mission needs them as well? Okay, so if you have any, bring them in. I'll make sure I get them to the right place if you, or. Okay, okay. So if you, next, if you have any old blankets that are still, you know, good blankets, then please bring them in. Um, a couple more things. Um, Operation Christmas Child. We're almost to the, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that we're almost at Thanksgiving. Next uh, Sunday is the last Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. And so we have to have them in by next Sunday. If you bring them, if you call me, uh, or I can bring them on Monday, we're going up to Davis, which is right by Durand, up on the border of Wisconsin, by Monroe, Wisconsin. We bring them up there. If you want to call me up, I can get them from your house. But preferably bring them to church next Sunday. A Christmas box, you know, just a, any kind of shoe box, and put uh, as many things as possible. Like it'd be, I usually put T-shirts, maybe a pair of sweatpants, um, a brush, um, a, a toothbrush, a comb, things like that. A hard, like you can't really bring, obviously, chocolate. You could give them some like Tic Tacs, things like that maybe. But so nothing that would melt. Um, socks, socks is really good. Maybe a little game or a ball or something like that. And they'll put the gospel tracks inside of there, sharing the gospel. And also, if you put $10 in the box, because it costs probably 12 bucks for postage, so if at least $10 for postage, they'd appreciate it as well. Is it, is it, $10, $10. Is it still $10? Clyde's uh, kids, uh, grandkids are at a homeschool group up in uh, Orfordville, Wisconsin. They filled up 120 boxes. Uh, they the 120 the day uh, that they put them together, and the coordinator up there took home the left. Yeah. Leftovers, and so they'll be, probably be 130. Yeah, that's great. That's a, so. I mean, so if you can help, we'd really. You, by the way, you get the joy of it because you're giving kids a present they literally would not get any presents if you don't give it to them. We're talking about seven million kids around the world are going to get presents. Gordy. God. So actually, uh, we don't think they have a huge impact either, but that's that's uh, that is amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That's a great story, a great true story. So, okay. Um, so that then also, if you want to give to the church, you can give uh, a check or cash over here, or if you want to give on, uh, on online, which most young people want to do, um, it's Tithely, T I T H E L Y. Make sure you look that up online and look for, look for Northridge Community Church of Rockford, Illinois, because there's a lot of Northridge churches now. So uh, you can give that way as well. And we really we get a lot of our gifts. I'd say I'd say about 30% of our gifts are through Tithely, so we really appreciate that. So 
Um, right now we're going to have Todd and Emerus come up from Tijani Farms Ministry. They met Pat, Patty Schulster, Patty and Kristen there in Kenya. And come up right now and just share your ministry with us right now. This is an exciting ministry. And I, I like it because it's so practical. The way they do ministry now is a lot different than like a 10-year term for a missionary back in the maybe 50s or 60s. But why don't you share a little bit about your ministry, okay? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you all again. We came and visited, I think, in May uh, before we um, went back to Kajani Farm. So I'm Todd. This is Emerus. We joined Kajani Farm uh, about a year and a half ago. And Kajani Farm is a community development ministry in southern Kenya. Um, so we work in five areas with the Maasai tribe, providing clean water, um, affordable education, um, access to health care, job training, and then, of course, incorporating the gospel into all of those things. So um, Emerson's positions is spending six months out of the year there doing just day-to-day -day ministry. And then we come back to the States and, and do things like this, meeting with great people like you, networking, and uh, just sharing more about the ministry with, uh, with our partners. So... Um, yeah, we left for Kajani Farm in June this past summer. We got back about a month ago, uh, and it was an awesome uh, four months uh, there in Kenya working with the Maasai tribe. So um, I think we shared a little bit uh, when we were here in May about just some of the needs and, and some of what we do. Um, one of the things that's been a huge prayer since the ministry started in 2015 was um, actually just the men in the community coming to know Jesus. Um, the people that are most... Um, open to hearing the gospel are the women and children primarily in this community. So for the last, you know, almost uh, 10 years, we've been praying that, um, that the men would come to know Jesus. And a lot of people have been praying for that. And we've been trying to find openings uh, just in our day-to-day -day ministry on how, how these men are going to hear about the gospel. So we have a women's Bible study that's huge and thriving, and they've been praying for their husbands and sons and brothers that they would come to know Christ and you know we've had our donors and supporters and some of you maybe have been praying that the men would come to know Jesus and after all those years of praying we actually started a men's bible study this summer um, and uh, I had the privilege of leading it we started going through the book of John and uh, just learning about who Jesus is so that by the time we're done they can make the decision of okay I know who Jesus is and is he somebody that's worth following um, so that was just a huge answer to prayer after so many years. Um, we had a pastor join us this summer who, he's just a young guy, and he said, 10 years ago, I decided to also start praying for the men in this community that they would come to know Jesus. I found some tree out in the middle of the bush and decided to pray under it every week. You know, six years ago, Kajani Farm came to the area and shared about uh, this possibility of eventually having a Bible study. Two years ago, Emerus and I joined Kajani Farm, and you know, with us, we brought our own network of supporters who started praying, and then this summer, we started the Bible study, and he was sharing that the tree was actually right next to us. The tree that he was praying under 10 years ago is the tree that we have Bible study under now 10 years later, which is pretty amazing, and just a cool example of God has a much greater plan than any of us can recognize, and we just have the privilege of being invited into it. So that was that was a really cool story to hear. And um, yeah, it's just been such a privilege to be a part of it. So we're averaging about 30 guys each week that um, invite friends, they pray for each other, they ask questions. It's not just me talking at them. It's it's a real like Bible study where, where there's a lot of questions being asked and we're just praying that hearts will be changed and that this is something that will take hold of the community and that, um, yeah, families will come to know Jesus, so. 
Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, we've seen a lot of um, a lot of how God has not only been working now, but you know, years and decades probably in the past, and how that's all led up to what is happening today. Um, and we are also seeing how God is working in the here and now through um, different families that we interact with. There's um, one day, like a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks before we came back to the states, we. My ministry partner and I, her name's Heather, she was um, in a meeting with somebody from the community that came to, to Johnny Farm to ask for some assistance on something for her family. I was also in the room kind of listening and, and talking with this, uh, this person, and we were trying to, you know, just ask her a lot of questions, get to know her and, and what her family is like. And um, as we're meeting with her, we get a call from something from somebody in the community that was saying we have somebody who is in active labor about to give birth and it's not going well we need a car so Heather and I just in that moment are like okay we have to stop meeting with this person and we have to go address this immediate need and so we drive through the bush roads which is very much like this driving <laughs> all the way through um, it takes about 20 minutes for us to actually get to the house. And once we get there, we're like basically holding this mother who is about to give birth. And this is her first child. So she's scared. She doesn't know what to do. And we're just holding her up because it's like happening at any moment at this point. And so we clear some space in the back of the car. We have her and her mom lay down in the back so that, you know, she can have at least some relief um, from the pain and we drive again through the bush roads and it's an hour away to the hospital. So we're just praying, Lord, please help this mother, please help us so that we don't have to deliver this child. <laughs> and um, and so we, we get to the hospital an hour later, we sit in the waiting room as the doctor comes in and um, takes care of the mother. And within 30 minutes of getting there, she had this beautiful baby girl and was healthy. You know, there wasn't like super bad complications with like the birth except having to do a few extra cuts here and there on the mother. Um, so both were healthy, which we were just so thankful for and praising God for. Um, and as we're driving home after that, we start talking about how this mother's life is going to change because this is her first child, but she's also 14. And so she was in high school. Now she has to drop out because she has to take care of her child. Um, if the, the dad doesn't marry her, then she becomes almost like the widow of the Bible where she has no one to take care of her, provide for her other than her immediate family. And once they're gone, we don't know what happens. And so a lot of what Kajani Farm is doing kind of with, with people in our community is working with people like this mother and her baby. Um, we have, like Todd said, education on the farm. And so we, we have preschools right now that we're hoping to add a grade to each year. Um, this upcoming year, actually, we're building an actual school building, which will have six classrooms and an office for teachers. And so that's a huge answer to prayer already, how we've seen God working in that. But this baby will hopefully be able to go to that school. 
and um, we're also implementing uh, biblical teachings, and so we hope that this child will be able to know who Jesus is as she grows up. We're also praying that her mom comes to our women's Bible study, that she would feel welcomed and, uh, and not feeling like she can't join us just because her life circumstance is different. Um, and so we're just praying that as we do ministry that we can continue to serve uh, families that are in situations like uh, this mother and this child. So a lot of what we do is just relying on the Lord in faith for all these things. We are definitely not qualified <laughs> to do a home birth or anything like that. And so um, we're just praying that God would continue to provide um, in this ministry and, and that these different aspects of ministry would eventually and above all just share the love of Jesus with the people around us. Yeah. So I, a lot of what missions is is seeing, like, the possibilities of what can happen in the future and praying that the Lord would bridge the gap from what the dream is and what the needs of the community are and, and bring the right resources and the right people in to make those possibilities happen. So whether that's, you know, the mom, Rosalind, who gave birth to the baby, you know, having the possibility of having a safe community that she can go to and, and feel um, protected by, like, the women's Bible study or the possibility that this pastor felt over 10 years ago sitting and praying for the men in his community now having a Bible study or, you know, kids now seeing the value of education and having the possibility of a real school they can attend and, and have a healthy learning environment in. Um, that's kind of what the, the idea of missions is. It's seeing the possibilities and putting the pieces together to make that happen. So um, we, we're just very thankful for having the opportunity to come and share a little bit more after kind of introducing ourselves this past spring. You've been able to kind of see like how Emerson and I's schedule works where we come and share and then we go and do and then we come and share and then we go and do. So um, all of this is not possible without advocates, both um, through prayer and through finances. Um, so we, as we continue to come and, and share and give you guys updates, we want to continue to build a relationship here at Northridge. We've been really thankful for your guys' time and your willingness to, to sit and listen and, and hear a little bit more about us. So we have some more resources also on the um, table out here with just a little bit more of a breakdown of what our ministry does. It's got contact information for Emerus and I. It's got some giving instructions if you feel called to give towards our ministry. But really what we want to do is just develop relationships with more of you guys. And, and we've been really thankful for the time that you've given us. So whether that's um, you know email or in receiving our newsletters in the future, we, we do monthly newsletters, um, or you know sitting down and grabbing coffee, we love that too. So we're, we love just sharing more about what the Lord is doing on the other side of the world and how the global church is becoming a little bit smaller. So, yeah. So if you want to, sit down. I want to pray for Todd and Emerus. And also, um, if you wanted to give, maybe you've been praying about a missionary you want to give to, or maybe this is the ministry you want to give to, or maybe we can give a church. If you want to give a gift today, um, who would they write a check to for that? So it would be towards our sending organization, Global Outreach. Okay. And uh, in the memo, you would just put our uh, number, which is 5663. Okay, so if you want to give today, you can give a check to me, and I'll make sure you get it, okay, as well. All right, let's pray. Lord, I want to pray for Todd and Emerus. Thank you for their heart. Thank you for their openness to, to serve you, Lord, um, both in the States and also over in Kenya, Lord. And thank you for this baby was delivered uh, safely, Lord. 
then Amherst was there with her. I'm sure that was a stressful situation, to say the least. So we just, I thank you for the ministry, and thank you for the openness to, to serve you, Lord, any way they can, and help us to have the same heart, whether it be uh, as a financial donor, or a prayer partner, or maybe go as a short-term missionary like Patty and Christian went a couple years ago. Lord, help us to be open to whatever you have for us to do. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you thank so you. much. Appreciate thank that. You. Great. Thank you so much. All right. That was great. Okay. We have Patty and Matt going to be sharing about spiritual warfare right now. want to get at your level. Is this good? Yeah. We do a podcast together, so we've been, uh, we're, we're, we like the podcast vibe better, so that's what we're going for. What? Oh, it's coming up. All right. <laughs> we didn't plan that, clearly. Um, I thought it looks like we did. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> so we're doing today. Oh, I didn't bring my notes. Today's message is sort of a continuation from yesterday's, or last week's rather, message. Um, it's a series about spiritual warfare. We're talking about Ephesians 6 10 through 20. If you have a Bible or the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can go to Ephesians 6. That's where we're going to be looking at today. So I wanted to start off with an old proverb. It says, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds kind of good, doesn't it? <laughs> it's Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's know your enemy inside and out, right? Know them better than you know yourself. Know them better than you know your best friend, better than you know your neighbor. Um, so that... At the right moment, when they're least expecting it, then you can pounce and defeat your enemy, right? I recently watched a movie called, you may have heard of it, it's called The Bridge Over the River Kwai. It's, uh, it's an old movie, so spoiler alert. But um, this guy in the movie, General Warden, he... Uh, he he knows his enemy. He he knows specific information about his enemy, and he leads a battalion behind enemy lines, so that at just the right moment, he can, uh, you know, he, he, they're in this place where they're building this bridge, and at just the right moment, he can have that bridge blow up as the first train is going over it. 
general warden is someone who knows his enemy. I mean, he's behind enemy lines. He keeps his friends close, but he keeps his enemies closer. In the Christian life, we too have an enemy, right? A powerful adversary who lives in our world. And I, recently I read a study from Barna Group uh, that said that, you know, over 50% of American Christians actually think that Satan is just a figurative sort of symbol of evil. It's a majority of Christians in America um, would at least somewhat agree with that statement. And I know what you're thinking is like, well, that can't be true. But this was, you know, it was done 13 years ago uh, and by Barna Group. And, you know, they, they surveyed over 1,200 Americans. And, you know, that was what they found was the most popular belief that Satan is not like a real being. He's just a figurative thing. But, you know, that's not what it says in Ephesians 6, certainly. Uh, it says that he's not flesh and blood, right? So he doesn't have a body like how we have a body, but he is real. He has plans. He has beings under him. He's a real being. So if, if, you know, if that's you, if you're one of these people who thinks like, you know, Satan's just a figurative concept, um, you know, I would say definitely th like look at the Bible, pray about that. That's not what the Bible says. Get your mind, get your thinking straight about, you know, there is a real being, right? Um, but not only is he real, you know, the Bible says that he has, he has a hierarchy under him, right? In Ephesians 6, it's talking about a hierarchy under him. And it's just like, it doesn't explain it really. It's just, there's a hierarchy under him. And then it says that he has schemes. And it doesn't really explain what the schemes are, but just that he has schemes. Paul wrote this letter. And at this point, I'm thinking, well, Paul is not really a good military commander. General Warden knew specific information about, like, where the enemy was. He gave his troops exact locations. He gave them times when the train was going to go over. He knew exactly what was going on so that they could pounce on this enemy, right? <laughs> Speaking of... Well, there's something you got to know about the Ephesian Christians. The Ephesian Christians, they, they sort of dabbled in the occult, right? Uh, until the sons of Sceva came, they were these Jewish mystic kind of 
folklore, folklore magicians, they tried to start using Jesus' name in their incantations to try to kick out evil things. And they got the daylights beaten out of them. <laughs> they were trying to use Jesus' name as a magic spell. Didn't work. Think of it this way. Uh, I'm a skateboarder. Skateboarders' enemies are rollerbladers. When I'm trying to learn how to skateboard, I'm learning about what are the strategies, uh, how to skateboard, right? I'm learning from other skateboarders. I'm, I'm looking online on YouTube videos about how to get better at skateboarding. I'm not going to go and look on YouTube videos about how to get better at rollerblading, right? Maybe you're, you're sitting here thinking, well, yeah, Satan's real, sure. But, and he has strategies, sure. But that doesn't really affect my life, right? That doesn't affect my life, my daily life. It, it doesn't really matter. Well, if that's you, I'm thinking what this verse is saying is, you know, you got, it is real. It, it, Satan is real. This does affect your life, and you, you need to reckon with that. You know, it's also possible that you could be too familiar with Satan and his strategies, right? Uh, even so much that you've tried to study his strategies, tried to figure out what he's up to in the world. But that is also not the Christian way. That's not what Paul is telling us to do here. Uh, in a minute, Matt's going to talk about what the strategies are that the Bible gives us in Ephesians 6. But I wanted to bring back up that uh, proverb that I brought up at the beginning of this talk. It's Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. It's not a biblical proverb, as Jeff pointed out. Uh, some people had thought that it was by a Far Eastern philosopher named Sun Tzu. Uh, I'm not saying that right, but he wrote The Art of War. Uh, that's not right either. Jeff was 100% correct when he said it was Al Pacino in The Godfather Part Two. It's worldly wisdom. It's not what the Bible teaches us as a strategy. If we take the Bible seriously here, what we should really say is this. And this is the main point of the message. So if you've got a notes app on your phone or you're writing notes, write this down. Keep God nearby and the devil's power goes bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, so I talked a little bit about the devil's power and how we should think about Satan in the world, but Matt's now going to talk about how we keep God nearby, right? Yeah. 
Thanks, Patty. So, so in Ephesians 6, Paul tells us how to keep the enemy's power away. And if you go to this church consistently, you, you're familiar with this. We, we talk about spiritual warfare usually once a year, maybe once every couple years. And, and so I'm just going to read a portion of this. Um, and I'm going to read a version that you probably don't read most of the time. It's, it's a paraphrased version of the Bible called The Message. But when I read it, it, I'm so used to the NIV and the ESV, the English Standard Version, that when I sometimes it's nice to, to get like a, a different perspective on it because um, it helps you think of, of the passage in a little bit different way. So I'm just going to read um, the first few verses. Actually, okay, so we have it up there. Blinds aren't doing us any favors, but you should probably read it. So it says, be prepared. You're up against m far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that even when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. So we're going to stop there for now. So. I just I just really like how how this is how this is said. If you're familiar with the NIV version and you and or or most you know translations of the Bible it says, you know, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the strong belt of truth, the shoes fitted with the peace of the gospel, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. And I I like that a lot. I really like the the imagery of armor it's not super relevant today to our day-to-day -day life we don't wear armor but we get it we're familiar enough with warfare that we get it you know but i do also like how they say how paul says it here um or how eugene peterson translates translates it in the paraphrase he says take all the help you can get every weapon god has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting you'll still be on your feet Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. They're more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. Now, um, my my mom used to teach me about, you know, she, she'd say, you know, make sure you always put on the armor of God. You know, when I was younger, and she talked to me like that, but... You know, when I was younger, I I was more immature. I was I was I had a younger brain. I didn't understand things very well. And so when she would say that and I'd take it to heart, I'd be like, Oh, I need to like pray on the armor of God. So like every morning I'd say, Lord, please give me the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the strong belt of truth, the shoes fitted with the peace of the gospel. I'd pray them on like it was like a spell or something. You know? Or a spell sounds a little bit too much, like a magic, like God's just going to be like, there you go, you know. And, but, but, you know, it says here in the message version, um, 
truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. And that was sort of convicting me because I'm like, I kind of just treat them like words. But really what Paul's saying is that we need to apply, we need to put on, we need to put on truth. We need to apply that to our life. Righteousness. We need to be righteous. That's what it means. Um, we need to live in peace. We need to apply faith. And so for me, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that, have prayed on the, 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 the armor of God. I, that maybe that's just me. Um, but it's so much more than that, and it, it, it can be so much more effective against the enemy's strategies. Um, I'm going to go over a couple of them, but I, I, I would really encourage you guys that if you want to be effective against Satan's strategies, look up um, what how to apply righteousness in your life. Look up how to apply faith in your life and 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 please do like studies on your own there's um good concordances in in a lot of bibles there's good concordances online there's good um life application yeah we really want to encourage you guys to study outside of here too but um what i want to talk about specifically today is the belt of truth and god's word so in Ephesians 6, it talks about how we need to put the belt the belt of truth on. And we also need to have the sword of the spirit. And all that means is that we need to read our Bible. We need to know God's word. And if you do so, you'll know the truth. And so I'll talk a little bit more in a second how to and how to do that. I mean, obviously, um, it is what it, it sounds like at face value is, is read your Bible, know the Bible. Uh, but I like this this quote that I found from a Christian website. It says, the word of God is the only truth that matters. You either believe the Bible or you don't. If you want to wear the belt of truth daily and also walk in victory throughout your life, believing in the Bible has to be your anchor. When you are faced with something that might be a lie, pause and ask God about it. So now we're involving prayer. More on that in the, in, the, in, the, in the future here. Compare it to the truth of his word. If it is true, accept it. If it's a lie, reject it. The devil is constantly at work to bait and trap you with tribulations, temptations, and doubt. His goal is to make you believe his alternate false reality. As God's children, we must be full of his grace and truth. Then we will be able to withstand the attacks. I thought that was pretty well put. So how do we, how do we know God's word and live according to it? We, we run into trouble if, with, with reading the Bible and knowing the Bible. And um, so, like, how can you make a plan that you can stick with? Um, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of time, which... If you didn't know, everybody's busy. If you didn't know that, busy is a relative term. You can find someone who, compared to you, has all the time in the world, and you talk to them, they're like, man, I'm so busy. You're like, with what? <laughs> everybody's busy, you know? So but we, we have to find a plan. We have to read God's word. We have to know God's word. So how do we so how do, we do it? Um, you know, a couple things that I came up with, you guys can come up with your own, I'm sure. But maybe read a chapter in the morning while you drink a cup of coffee or eat some cereal or whatever. Um, maybe 
while you're waiting for your computer to to boot up in the morning, you could read a chapter, of, like one chapter of a gospel and one chapter of like one psalm or one proverb, or maybe at lunch. Uh, you can be really creative, but finding a plan and staying consistent with reading your Bible is the best way to really, really know it. And I think the more that you study your Bible, the more you'll love it. And and it it could become like sort of an obsession, which is a good obsession. There's good there's there are good obsessions. So I would and then, you know, you might get to the point where you want to memorize it and that's a really good, really good thing. You know, you might put a uh a note card on your mirror in your bathroom and say it while you're brushing, you know, say it in your mind while you're brushing your teeth or put it in your, I used to put note cards in my car when I first became, when I first came back to the Lord when I was 20, I put a note card in my car by my like speedometer and I would try to say those, those uh, verses as I, as I would drive. Um, So that is, that is how we apply the belt of truth. That's how we apply the sword of the spirit. And then, when when we get thoughts in our, our minds or somebody says something to us that is opposite of the word of God, then we can be like, no, that's not true. I'm not going to accept that. So please do a word study on on all those on all those things. Please. Uh, You've got homework. You have homework if you want it. It's always optional, but I would recommend it. Um, because by by knowing righteousness, by knowing self, by knowing how to live out a uh, salvation-filled life, um, peace. That's my next thing. You got ahead, Jeff. You got ahead. Sure. Keep your pants up. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. The purpose, for those listening online, the purpose of wearing a belt is to keep your pants on. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, so you you don't want to be caught with your pants down. <laughs> so know the truth. Get that belt of truth. That's good, Gordy. Thank you. Let's go to the next slide, Clyde. Yeah. Next one. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. So this is continuing on from the same passage. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and l- and p- and pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So praying is essential. I think all of the all of the elements of of the the armor of God are really made more effective by prayer. Prayer is such a powerful weapon. Prayer is is asking God to work. We don't have any power on our own. We might think we do. You know, I watch this call. Nora and I watch this call show called Suits. It's about these high-powered lawyers, and they think that they're gods, basically. And it's like these guys are idiots. Um, It's a fun show, but you know, it's it's like we in reality we don't have any power outside of God, but we have 
that power available to us by praying in accordance to his will. And a lot of times, just like Bible reading, people are like, I don't have time to pray. You know, like I, I really want to make it part of my life. And again, this is not uh, hopefully you're not taking this as like condemning or anything like that. Like you need to really do, you know, like but I mean, it is hopefully I'm encouraging that we should take time, take more time to pray. And um, so a couple suggestions. If you don't feel like you're in prayer enough or you have a hard time praying, maybe, um, you know, something that I've heard people do is sometimes they'll open up like a Word document at work and throughout the day they'll they'll go into that Word document and they'll use it as a journal, and like a prayer journal, and pray to God on their Word document and they'll just minimize it and then continue to work. And then throughout the day they're just journaling and then you just delete it at the end of the day and you start over the next day. So that's kind of a cool suggestion. Um, another, another thing I've heard people do is they go on walks in their lunch break and they'll just go on a walk and they'll just pray in their mind. Um, or if you go to a remote enough place, uh, sometimes uh, Raphael and I, uh, we work together, and so we'll go to like this, there's like a, a Korean War Memorial by where we work, and nobody ever Loves goes Park. to it in Loves Park, yeah. And, and we'll just walk around, and we'll just walk around it, and we'll just pray. And we'll pray for things, because no one's there, so we can pray out loud. And it's really cool to see, this, we've had some really powerful prayer experiences for doing that. And so that's a that's another uh, idea. If you have trouble, sometimes when I when I um, and still today, when I start to pray, I have some I have some time alone with the Lord. I'll start praying, and then I just I just come up blank. I'll just I'll pray about something, and then I'll come up blank. And so maybe a suggestion for that is either on your phone in the notes app or like carry a little note card when when. When something comes up throughout the day or throughout the week and you're like, oh, I need to pray about that, write it down. And then later on when something comes up and someone says, hey, could you pray for me about that, write it down. And then when you when you have some time alone with the Lord, you can look at your note card and be like, you can kind of go through and it keeps it going. So that's just, those are just a, a couple couple suggestions. So, so basically, we've talked about how we can effectively protect ourselves and work against the enemy. And that's by uh, knowing God's word and staying connected to God through prayer. And those are the keys to being fully armored against Satan's attacks. Or to say it even more succinctly, how do we say it? Keep God nearby and the devil's power goes bye-bye. All right, that's all I got.